Hi, welcome to Life and Application. I'm your host, Jay Huey, with my co-host, Jason Bierke. Um, Jason, today I want to ask you a question that I think is a, uh, a fundamental question that every Christian should ask themselves. Okay. Is, what does God expect of us? Like, what, what does God want us to do? Well, it's a great question, and I think it's one that gets, you know, maybe asked you know, quite often, either to ourselves or, you know, amongst other people. One of the things that we have to remember is, you know, the Bible kind of answers that for us. Micah 6.8 says, you know, but what does God require? You know, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So those are the three things that God requires of us. And I know that's going to probably generate a few more questions. I don't know if people really understand what walk justly means. Well, you know, like, yeah, so okay, so to to do justice, right? You know, to do what is right. And that's, people think, yeah, I, I know what's right. You know, I know the difference between what right and wrong and things like that. But the question is, how do you know what is right? And how do you know what is wrong? And there's really only one answer to that. And that's what the Bible teaches. And that's where the big disconnect for people is because they want to mix and match. They want to say, well, I'm going to take the Bible's teaching on this, but if it interferes with how I really want to live or how I think I should do or what I think my rights are, then I'm going to say, "Mm, I think the Bible is ambiguous here or open to interpretation, when really it's not. All right, so to kind of go with that... um to me, it's always been the Great Commission. You know, okay. the whole reason why we started this to be the light. And, and I think a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of Christians, they conflict with walking justly and the Great Commission and doing God's job because they're not. I, I don't think a lot of people have their roots in the Bible for the decisions and the actions that they're making. Um, whether people are using social media or whatnot, I, I was just talking with my wife today. And we were talking about how how we come across the people with we think we're being right. Say we find a sin that we find appalling. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that sin on social media, whatever the sin would be. It doesn't matter. And, and, and we think we're walking justly, but what we're actually doing is showing the world that, hey, I'm not being the light. Because the person that doesn't know the Lord and is reading that and going, hey, that, that person's just as much of a butthole as I am. You know, they're, right. they're, their talk's no different. And and I really think that people construe. Do you agree with that? that? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, so, you know, the Bible says, you know, to walk justly, right? Um, actually, I'm sorry. It says to live justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God, right? And so in order to live justly, we have to know what is right and what is wrong, right? And on one aspect, there's certainly nothing wrong with making a post as to something that is, you know, correct. So you could say, you know, the Bible teaches such and such, and and, and that's okay. But the second part of that is to love mercy. Well, are we being merciful in our approach and how we're explaining something? A lot of times, we're not. And the other one is to walk humbly. So a lot of times, you know, not just, you know, Christians in general, but, you know, people in general tend to be 
very arrogant when especially when they feel that they are in the right and so what we're supposed to do is to combine all three of those and our approach to someone because you know the worst thing that we can do to someone is to allow them to think that they're headed in the right direction when we know that they're not so that's not loving in fact that in my mind and I think the Bible would teach this, is that that's actually a form of hate, where we would hate someone so much that we would not try to pull them back from the edge of destruction. And we can do that either by, you know, two things. One, the way that we live, but also also the truth that we speak. But it has to be done in love. Otherwise, you know, like Paul says in you know, 1 Corinthians 13, we're just, we come across as a noisy symbol. Like there's a symbol and someone's banging yeah. on it, right? No one wants to hear that. You tell the kid who's doing it in your house, you know, quit that, cut that out. No one wants to hear that. And it's true. No one wants to hear that. Right. So I, I know I said this example before, but until we just talked about it right now, I kind of put it together is when I called you about my coworker, um, you know, I, I had the, the justice part down. But I, I definitely wasn't doing the mercy part at all or the loving part. Uh, right. And uh, when you told me to step back and just listen, you know, just just be there and let God do the rest. You know, like you don't you don't have to prove your point to her. You know, you can just talk to her. And, you know, and, and ever since that, ever since I followed all three instead of just following the first one, um, it, it's opened up the door time and time again, you know, where now we actually have a relationship where we can talk about uh, Christianity, which has been great. Right. Um, and I think we, we forget that is that, you know, we, he doesn't just tell us one in that verse. He tells us all three. Right. And you, you have to do all three. You can't just pick the two that you want or the one that you want. You, you have to do all three. Right. And they're big. Right. And so, you know, the Great Commission is is part of that. You know, it's not just you know, that's part of the loving mercy, right? If, if we love mercy, we want people to be spared the wrath of God and we want people to be spared hell. And so loving mercy is that we're going to be, you know, witnessing to that person. And, you know, if we're going to walk humbly with God, then one, we have to be, you know, in the word and we have to be reading it. And we have to not only be reading it, but we have to be applying it to our lives and being humble, and when we say, hey, I was wrong, forgive me. All right, I got another question that kind of fits into this. So okay. I, I was talking with someone today, and, and, and this actually came up, which kind of falls into what we're talking about, but uh, me and you are Christian brothers. Mm -hmm. So I see you doing something wrong. It is my job as your fellow Christian to come up to you and say, hey, Jason, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, you, you need to really work on that or you need to watch that or whatnot. But now my question is, if it's someone who's not in the Christian church, are we supposed to be correcting them or showing the mercy of just getting them to the Lord and love, getting them in and then letting God take care of that part? Well, And I know it's kind of a little bit off topic. But well, no, because it, it goes to, you know, to... You know, to do justice, to do what is right, and to love mercy. And so, you know, we can look at, you know, the woman at the well when Jesus was talking with her. 
Okay, so her theology was all messed up, right? She didn't know about the Messiah. She didn't know about, um, you know, a lot of things. She didn't know, you know, where they were supposed to worship. You know, she's coming up with her own religion, basically. She was living with a dude that she wasn't married with, and she'd been married five times. So take your pick. You, you, you could pick any one of those and just spend an hour trying to get in you know, to detail on that. But what Jesus did is he spoke to her in love, focusing on her heart. But here's the, the, the catch to that. When he said, you know, if you come to me, you know, I'll give you living water and you'll never thirst again. Well, that sounds awesome. And she wanted that. But there can't be salvation without repentance. So that's when Jesus said, well, go and get your husband. And that's when she said, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. You've had five. And the person you're with now, you're not even married to. And so that got her to stop and think, you know, hey, where I'm at right now is not where I need to be. And so, you know, Jesus didn't say, you know, you can do whatever you want. Jesus was saying, hey, you know, I can give you, you know, living water, but you have to repent. Same thing with the lady that was caught in sin from John chapter 8. You know, this verse is always taken out of context. You know, if you say, you know, Jason, you know, the way that you, you know, acted or yelled at that person wasn't right, I'll, I'll say, well, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then what are you going to say? Right? Well, I, I'm not perfect either. <laughs> right? And so... What Jesus said to that woman, he said, you know, where are your accusers? And she said, well, they're not here. And Jesus said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, keep going and living how you want. I mean, she was caught in sin. She was you know, having sex with the dude, right? And then they, they, she was caught in the act, right? The Bible is very clear on that, that she was caught in the act. It's also clear that the guy wasn't brought there, just, just her. But, you know, so our job as, as Christians is... You know, we want to be able to, you know, shine the light with our words and with our actions. And sometimes when we say something, we have to give an account for what we say and how we say it. But we need to be bold enough, you know, to speak the truth. And so if someone is living in sin and, and they say, hey, Jay, I just moved in with my girlfriend. What do you think about that? You know, you have an opportunity. It's different than if you overhear someone having a conversation saying that they moved in with their girlfriend or they moved in with their boyfriend and you slide your chair over to join the conversation and, you know, you, you give them your opinion on that. Right. I, get, I guess one of my things, and I know I bring it up all the time, social media, because I think that's absolutely, in my opinion, the, what's tearing the Christian family apart is social media. Um, but I, I see so many people that would tell a stranger, you know, but not tell their fellow brother or sister in Christ. Like, um, I remember when you told me that I swear too much. It didn't hurt my feelings. It made me stop and think. Actually, I never said that phrase. Yeah. I said, when, do you remember what I said? Not exactly. I said... You know, a changed life is a great testimony. You did. You're right. Right? And so 
one of the things that would be, what would be a great change for you to have a great testimony? And you said... Not swearing. Not swearing. And I said, that would be... So, but, but that was a much is, better way to do it than just saying... Right. No, but what I'm saying, though, is throughout my life, you've had no problem as your brother in Christ if I stepped out of line to say something to me, nor would you in the future. Right. But I think so many times as Christians, we go to church... And we say hi to each other. We shake each other's hands. We sing our songs. We listen to the pastor. You go home. We go home. Yeah. We don't ever look for that spiritual guidance, but we are more than happy to then turn around and go out on social media and blast our social justice, not social justice, our Christian justice all over social media instead of, um, you know, where we're not showing it with mercy. We're not showing it as we're walking. We're not showing it with... We're not even really even showing it with justice. We're just showing our own side of justice, not God's justice. Because there are two different things. Yeah, but it's... Okay, so if I get on social media and I start blasting people and pointing out people's faults and doing that, that's easy, right? It doesn't require anything of me other than maybe being a jerk, right? Which I can be good at sometimes. If I go and I tell you, hey you know, swearing, you know, let's see what we can do with that, right? And you say, you know what, I want to do that. I want to quit swearing. Well, now I'm accountable with you, right? I've made myself accountable with you. And so, you know, now I have to pray for you, encourage you, follow up with you, you know, all those other things that I don't have to do if I'm just yelling at, at someone through social media. So the reason why a lot of people specifically Christians don't get involved with other Christians, you know, helping them become a better a better follower of Christ is because a lot of times they just don't want the extra work that that in- involves. You know, I, I, I never thought about it like that. It's a commitment. You, you know what it, it is. And um, to go along with that, because of that commitment, because of you calling me when I was talking with my neighbor... I go, I shared the same thing with my neighbor. And so my neighbor started following up with me, you know, asking me how I'm doing. And and I did that on purpose because uh, it, it really was a struggle for me. It, yeah. It's still a struggle to this day. Uh, I've gotten so much better. A um, couple things I've had to take out of my life because I can't do them without swearing. I'll be Is honest. that working? Yes. I mean, <laughs> there was a video game that I just can't play. No, I mean. It's on my phone. I just Did can't. you have to take out going to work? No. <laughs> No, um, but it, it, it has been noticed at work. But um, going back to the original point, I think we, we miss the loving part as Christians a lot also. We do. We miss both. So, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because either it's all love and no justice or no truth, or it's all justice and truth and, and no love. And both those are wrong, right? One of them is leads to legalism. And the other one leads to, you know, lawlessness or liberalism. Right, real quick, though, define what legalism is so people that might not So legalism it. is where you follow the letter of the law without trying to follow the heart of it. So in the New Testament, the Pharisees wouldn't work on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, right? So they would say, well, on a given day, you take 5,000 steps, right? They didn't have a pedometer back there or an iPhone or whatnot. But they, they would literally count how many steps they took. And when they got to 4,999, they would stop walking until the sun set. And they would just stand there in the middle of the city or in the middle of the square and not move 
so that everyone would see how righteous they were because they weren't going to work on the Sabbath. And, you know, at the last step, they, they stop, and then when the sun goes down, they, they finish their walk, right? Or they would, you know, find a loophole from helping the poor or their parents. And they say, well, I would give you money, Jay, but everything I have, I've already, it's already been earmarked to give to God. And Jesus was saying, that's garbage. That's, that's legalism. And of course, then on the flip side of that, you know, the lawlessness or liberalism is everything is fine. You know, you can do whatever you want and it's fine. You know, and they say, and what they say is not wrong. You know, God loves you no matter what, which is true. But God doesn't accept our sin. God hates our sin. And so while God loves us, you know, we're storing up, you know, judgment for all of the sin that we're doing. And by us not telling people that, like, you know, God's mercy, you know, he's merciful and long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the Bible always says, also says that, you know, that the wicked will not go unpunished and that we are storing up judgment by keep on sinning. So when we see someone that, that keeps sinning and we don't think they're being judged, and we get angry and we're like, well, that's not right. God should judge them. We should be praying that they get right with God so that they don't have to pay for all of that, you know, wicked deeds that they're doing. Right, but now if they are, if they ask for forgiveness, if they're white saved. clean. Right. Yep. So I, I want to make sure we, we yeah, lay that out there. Clean. But, and, and this is something, and in, in, and I know we've talked about it a little bit before and we have to do a whole segment on it, but... um. And, and, if someone's continuously sinning, you know, and not trying to get better, not trying to do that, you you really have to question if they're saved. Correct. And, and I think uh, so many times as Christians, myself included, big time, we had this blanket of faith. Like, because I believe in God and because I believe Jesus died for my sins, I'm going to have and nothing can change that. And I know we, we have a little bit difference of opinion, but I go, but it wasn't until me and you started talking about it that I really sat there and gone, man, I, I'm not living a life like I'm a Christian. You know, I, I wasn't a bad guy. I mean, I wasn't doing anything well, right. wrong, but I wasn't, you know, and like this all started with, you know, I, I believe I didn't have very many fruit on my tree. Am, am I truly, and, and I have strong faith. Like I've never once doubted my salvation. No, I know what you mean. But, you know, you know, 1 John 2, 3 through 6 talks about, you know, if we say that we're followers of Christ, we're going to keep his commandments, right? And that means that, you know, we are striving to keep them. Not that we're perfect, but that we accept his commandments and, you know, we're willing to do them and that we're walking the way that Jesus walked. You know, a lot of times we fall into the trap of, and I've said this before, you know, well, I have the right to do such and such, right? Maybe you do, right? I'm not going to argue that. Or, you know, this is the way that, that God made me. I'm not going to argue that either. But I, what I will argue is that the Bible says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Three big commands that the Christian is willing to do. Give up their own rights to be the light for Christ. And when we're willing to give up our own rights, then we can see Christ use us. 
and, and that right there, I think, is so missed. It is. Is that when we're willing to give up our rights to follow Christ. But going back to the our original topic. So what would you say to people if they want to change the better practice, to put into practicality of what God asks us to do? Like, How would you sum that up to put it into an actionable item? Well, great question. And, of course, application is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. Correct. And, you know, our, our tagline for this is everything we say and do should light the path to Christ. So I would say let that be your test for everything that you're going to write. You know, I'm going to write this on, you know, social media, right? Is it justice, right? So am I correct in this, right? From the Bible, am I correct? Yes. Check. Right? All right. Number two, is it merciful? Right? Is, is mercy at the heart of this? Where I'm saying, hey, you know, what you're doing is wrong. Here's the mercy of Christ being offered out to you. And I want to point that out. The mercy of Christ. It's not the mercy of the individual. It's That's the right. the mercy of Christ. It's the mercy of Christ. And then the third one is, am I, am I humble in doing this? Right? Am, am I coming from a position of, you know, I'm perfect and you're not. And it's a good thing that I'm on this thread. Or is it, hey, you know, I've made that same mistake, you know, and uh, I mean, you're welcome to make it too. But I always tell my kids, you know, a wise person learns from their own mistakes, which you'll have plenty of mistakes in your life that you can learn from. But a wiser person learns from the mistakes of others. So learn from my mistakes and don't do the same stupid stuff that I did. And But when we come, when we come across like that, it's from a position of humbleness, and it's way more, way more easily received than, than not. I think that's very important is, is ask yourself those three questions. Are we justified? Are we doing it with mercy? You know, are we being merciful? Are we using God's mercy when we, when we say this or do this or present ourselves this way? And then last and more importantly, are, are we doing it in a humble way? Or are we... Are we being a Pharisee? Right. All right, Jason, I want to thank you. I thought this was a great discussion. Uh, I thought we really showed the practical aspect of how to, to lay it out there is when we go to talk or what we're going to do. But is there anything else you want to add? No, I agree. I thought it was a great discussion. And just want to remind people that, you know, you, you can leave a comment or a question on the YouTube channel. And, you know, Jay and I will be you know sure to read that and respond to it, you know, as soon as we can. And just remember, and everything that we say and do should light the path to Christ. Thank you and have a great night. See you next week. See ya.